This is Pastor Landon Davis. Thank you for joining me today for our daily Bible study. We'll be reading from Acts chapter 23 from the World English Bible. Paul, looking steadfastly at the council, said, Brothers, I've lived before God in all good conscience until today. The high priest, Ananias, commanded those who stood by him to strike him on the mouth. Then Paul said to him, God will strike you, you whitewashed wall. Do you sit to judge me according to the law and command me to be struck contrary to the law? Those who stood by said, Do you malign God's high priest? Paul said, I didn't know, brothers, that he was the high priest, for it is written, You shall not speak evil of a ruler of your people. And so, uh, if you'll remember from Acts chapter 22, um, Paul is getting a chance to answer the charges against him. He's uh, brought before uh, the council so they can make their case, and he's going to try to defend himself. And he starts out by saying that he's lived in good conscience. So he's saying that he's innocent. And Ananias is so angry, the high priest, that he has someone to hit Paul in his face. And then Paul rebukes him when he does it. He says, uh, you're whitewashed. And this is similar to what Jesus had said about the Pharisees, that they had an appearance of being clean and pure and being righteous, but it only it was only a thin covering to hide what they really were on the inside. When Paul realized that the man that had commanded him to be struck was Ananias, the high priest, he couldn't really take back what he said because the high priest had, in fact, violated the law. Uh, but he kind of apologized out of respect for the position. He said, well, I wouldn't have done it if I would have known who you are because the law forbade uh, them from speaking against uh, a ruler of the people. Verse 6, but when Paul perceived that the one part were Sadducees and the other Pharisees, he cried out in the council, men and brethren, I'm a Pharisee, a son of Pharisees. Concerning the hope and the resurrection of the dead, I'm being judged. When he had said this, an argument arose between the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and the crowd was divided. For the Sadducees say there is no resurrection, nor angel, nor spirit, but the Pharisees confess all of these. A great clamor arose, and some of the scribes of the Pharisees' part stood up and contended, saying, We find no evil in this man, but if a spirit or angel has spoken to him, let's not fight against God. When a great argument arose, the commanding officer, fearing that Paul would be torn in pieces by them, commanded the soldiers to go down and take him by force from among them and bring him into the barracks. The following night, the Lord stood by him and said, Cheer up, Paul, for as you have testified about me at Jerusalem, so you must testify also at Rome. So Paul realized who's in the room. There's Sadducees and Pharisees. And so he used this to his advantage and created a little bit of a diversion. He, he divided his adversaries. They were there together because they both opposed him and his preaching of Christ. Well, when Paul preached Christ, he preached the gospel, his death, burial, and resurrection. And he pointed out that Jesus was the author of eternal life for us, that we could be raised from the dead like he was, uh, never to die again. And so when he realized that there were both Sadducees and Pharisees there, he told the council, well, I'm a Pharisee. Um, And what he meant by this is that his doctrine aligned with the Pharisees. Um, The truth is, the Pharisees believed in the supernatural. They believed in... um, holiness and righteousness and striving to please God. Um, in fact, Jesus had told the people that they were to, that 
the Pharisees were in the seat of Moses, that what they taught was correct and that they were to follow their teaching, just don't follow their example. The problem with the Pharisees was that they didn't live what they taught. And so Paul, while he's speaking here on a doctrinal matter, was saying, well, my preaching would still fall uh, in the camp of the Pharisees because I've always been a Pharisee and now I'm being judged uh, based on this claim I have that one rose from the dead because the Sadducees, uh, they can't accept that because they don't believe in the resurrection. And so this is, again, was a very sore subject between the Sadducees and Pharisees. And the, the Pharisees rejected the supernatural working of God, resurrection, future judgment. And so when Paul said this, it had its desired effect. Uh, these two sects of Judaism began to bicker between themselves so passionately that finally the commanding officer had to call off the trial for that day. And he took Paul out of there for his own safety. And so now Paul was led back to the barracks and the Lord showed up and stood beside him. Isn't that beautiful in his trial? And as he's facing this, all of a sudden he realizes he's not facing it alone. And not only did he stand beside him, but he told Paul to cheer up. And I like that. He didn't just say, well, Paul, you've got to be strong. Paul, you've got to endure. There's another mile. And sometimes we need to hear that. But he said, cheer up, Paul. Uh, it's not just something you have to endure, but you can make it with joy. God is still in control and he's still working his plan for your life. And so Paul had to go through what was a present trial for him so that he could later testify in Rome. Verse 12, when it was day, some of the Jews banded together and bound themselves under a curse, saying that they would neither eat nor drink until they had killed Paul. There were more than 40 people who had made this conspiracy. They came to the chief priest and the elders and said, we have bound ourselves under a great curse to taste nothing until we have killed Paul. Now, therefore, you with the council inform the commanding officer that he should bring him down to you tomorrow, as though you were going to judge his case more exactly. We are ready to kill him before he comes near. But Paul's sister's son heard they were lying in wait, and he came and entered into the barracks and told Paul. Paul summoned one of the centurions and said, Bring this young man to the commanding officer, for he has something to tell him. So he took him and brought him to the commanding officer and said, Paul, the prisoner, summoned me and asked me to bring this young man to you. He has something to tell you. The commanding officer took him by the hand and going aside, asked him privately, What is it that you have to tell me? He said, The Jews have agreed to ask you to bring Paul down to the council tomorrow, as though intending to inquire somewhat more accurately concerning him. Therefore, don't yield to them, for more than forty men lie in wait for him, who have bound themselves under a curse to neither eat nor drink until they have killed him. Now they are ready, looking for the promise from you. So the commanding officer let the young man go, charging him, Tell no one that you have revealed these things to me. He called to himself two of the centurions and said, Prepare two hundred soldiers to go as far as Caesarea with seventy horsemen and two hundred men armed with spears at the third hour of the night. He asked them to provide animals that they might set Paul on one and bring him safely to Felix the governor. He wrote a letter like this, Claudius Lysias to the most excellent governor Felix. Greetings. This man was seized by the Jews and was about to be killed by them, 
when I came with the soldiers and rescued him, having learned that he was a Roman. Desiring to know the cause why they accused him, I brought him down to their council. I found him to be accused about questions of their law, but not to be charged with anything worthy of death or of imprisonment. When I was told that the Jews lay in wait for the man, I sent him to you immediately, charging his accusers also to bring their accusations against him before you. Farewell. So the soldiers carrying out their orders took Paul and brought him by night to Anapatris. But on the next day, they left the horsemen to go with him and returned to the barracks. When they came to Caesarea and delivered the letter to the governor, they also presented Paul to him. When the governor had read it, he asked what province he was from. When he understood that he was from Cilicia, he said, I will hear you fully when your accusers also arrive. And he commanded that he be kept in Herod's palace. So, um, Paul has a great conspiracy against him. And it's serious enough that they have to take Paul out in the night uh, with 200 soldiers uh, just so he can get out alive. So Paul's a very hated man. And he hadn't been found guilty of anything yet. So he's referred to as the prisoner because he's not free. Um, But uh, he's probably not really what we would think of like a prisoner today. We see that Um, He was able to have visitors, and he has um, uh, an opportunity to um, receive people, and and, uh, we'll see that he has doors of opportunity open for him. It's not like whenever he and Silas had been beaten and bound in the midst of the prison, but but right now he's just being held until the matter can be fully heard and judgment can be made. So he's in this time of waiting and, um, and the Lord's there with him. And often we find ourselves in similar situations. You know, there are good times and there are tough times. And sometimes as hard as the tough times are the in-between times when, uh, you, you're, you're just, you don't really know what the future holds, but just remember, uh, like I want to stick with the theme of what the Lord had said to Paul, cheer up. Uh, when we don't know what the future holds, we know the one who holds the future. Let's pray together right now and ask the Lord just to strengthen and help us. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus. We ask you, Lord, that you would strengthen our souls, that you would touch our hearts, that you would cleanse us, Lord. Let us be able to have the same um the same testimony that Paul had, that he was able to live before God in all good conscience. I ask if there's any sin in our lives that you would purge it, Lord. If there's anyone that's discouraged, that you would encourage them, God. And then help us to learn to trust and to wait on you. We know that your plans are best. I ask that you would bless everyone listening to this podcast. I pray it in the name of Jesus Christ. Use us mightily for your service. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening. Join me again tomorrow for another episode.